Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we share the light on issues of the urban
right, we are back. And um, as I promised, we have a special announcement today, and I'm going to um, hand it over to Michael, and he's going to tell you about his new um, website, his long-awaited website, and his new organization um, called um, Sunshine. What's the name of the Sunshine? Um, Sunrise Humanity. Yes, we're very pleased to announce this. Um, I think it's going to be a wonderful tool that – Many people can take advantage of, people that are looking to become more spiritually aware, and I really think that it's going to touch a lot of people. And uh, I'm going to let Michael tell you more about that and how you can contact them and about the website. Thank you. Um, Well, what it is about is called Sunrise Humanity, and the main focus is a spiritual humanitarianism. I try to focus on the universal concepts that a lot of religions have without all the dogma and the doctrines. Now, I'm not going to say that every religion's got, you know, it's like anything. Everybody's got their own opinions on things, but my focus is not to cut down any one religion, but to promote a universal spirituality and a universal celebration of Humanity through the spiritual concepts that all of them have in common. Also, I am a Reiki master and instructor, and I have information on my website about that. Um, But the main focus is a spiritual humanitarianism, where everybody, from regardless of what walk of life you are, regardless of what your individual religious preference is, you can find something here that promotes humanity and a unity and a peacefulness and most importantly non-judgmental of people and that is the main focus is you know i'm not trying to pass judgment on anything i may not agree with all the individual doctrines that each religion have as they've probably heard on here before but a focus on the unity of spirituality and treating your fellow man as jesus would have said in the golden rule you know judge not only or uh the golden rule being that aspect of love one another as I have loved you and love thy neighbor as thyself. There's some references on there about uh, uh, non-judgmental attitudes, how to maybe look at things a little bit differently. There's also a lot of Reiki information on there, uh, dealing with the holistic healing program that is Reiki, which is non-denominational, believe it or not. One of my instructors that taught me was a Catholic nun, believe it or not. So there's a lot of stuff out there. The name of the website is uh, Sunrise Humanity. I'm working on a YouTube page, but that's probably going to be another month out or so. Right now, the the URL for the website is www.wix.com slash chi spiritual worker, spelled C-H-I spiritual worker, slash Sunrise Humanity. I know it's a long URL, but this is the first thing I've got myself out there with. That URL may change in the coming future. So if it does, I'll certainly keep everybody posted on what that is. As of right now, that's what I've got going. The URL may change as I get more work done with the domain and stuff, but at least the information's out there. You can see it. There's a contact page on there. Please feel free to leave some comments. And uh, 
there's also a form on there that you can contact me at if you would have any questions about anything on there or just want to pass along some good info or any info related to the material. Okay, well, I was trying to ask you is, so, like, when we go to the website, uh, what are some uh, key things you want people to keep in mind or key things that you want them to uh, be sure to look at first before they um, venture off into the website further? Well, as soon as they get to the home page, there's a thing on there that says read this, and I really encourage people to please read that. You know, basically I am not trying to diagnose any disease or physical or mental illness. Um, doctors are great. Doctors are good. I promote in holistic healing, which not a lot of them do this, but in holistic healing I do promote uh, the use of doctors and counselors. They're there. They do a good work. Do that. The other things, please check out the spiritual uh, techniques tab. Even if you're not interested in the Reiki, check that out. Because that's where a lot of the good humanitarian concepts are. So, um, as far as like on your website, I know you have a tab for upcoming shows or um, events—not shows, but events. Uh-huh. Uh, can you tell us about that? What you plan on doing in the future with that, as well as uh, uh, certain ways people can contact you personally if they want to be, get involved with your movement or if they would like to volunteer? Okay. Well, um, first of all, to contact me, my email address that they can contact me at is uh, chi spiritual worker, C-H-I spiritual worker, at gmail.com, which there's a form on there. If you don't remember it, that's cool. There's a form on there. You can send me an email. Uh, what we're looking at or what I'm looking at here for the up-and-coming. At the present moment, I don't have anything planned. I've got a couple things in the works. I'd like to eventually maybe get a blog talk radio program here like my friend, dear friend Seneca, and uh, definitely going to work on a YouTube account. Always would like to hear people's inputs on, like, these type of topics here, some holistic healing topics, uh, definitely humanitarian topics, what's going on that we can do to bring one another together on a more spiritual level and commonality as opposed to being divided. Um, you know, by all means, anything to do with that or anything to get on board with trying pushing this, hit me up. I'm open to all kinds of ideas and certainly open to taking some advice. All right. So do you plan on taking this um, locally or do you really, or even, because I know you live out live like about, you know, about 45 minutes east of um, Indianapolis. Do you plan on keeping that locally, or do you plan on um, coming to Indianapolis with this message, or do you eventually plan on taking this um, national? Well, I guess the best way to describe that would be I would absolutely love for it to just go over the top. I would love for that, and I would go wherever that would take me. However, as of right now, if uh, someone wanted me to come and speak to a group or do a group uh, educational session with the various topics I have listed on my website, I'd be more than happy to do that. Currently, I'm situated kind of smack between Indianapolis and Cincinnati. Um, wouldn't mind getting up to Indianapolis and certainly open to seeing what I can do there. 
and uh, possibly spread this uh, spiritual humanitarian concept as far as I could. But I guess we'll just see how uh, time tells and how spirit moves it in the direction it wants to go in. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, once again, uh, make sure you check out that um, website. I'm going to put the link um, up with the description of the show. I'm going to do that right after the show. And um, also, um, be sure to just subscribe to us on Twitter and um, um, YouTube. We're going to have some updates on there in our MySpace page. Um, our our um, page for the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, which is you know, which is where this show springs off of, we're going to be having our official website up here, and I'm hoping I can get that done in the next month. Um, but we have a lot of things going. Um, if you would like to help us out, if you want to do marketing, if you want to do, uh, you know, web-based, you know, uh, if you like, if you get into uh, graphic design or um, if you want to get into the, if you want to actually be a commentator, whatever you want to do, uh, we would greatly appreciate um, your help, like, in any capacity. So be sure just to, um, you can email me personally, um, at seharris02 at hotmail.com, and just let me know what you can do and what you can bring to the table. We're just trying to reach out to uh, people, put out a positive message, uh, keep them informed on different things that are going on. So, um, And now that you mentioned that, if I could, I just also wanted to say, too, that I have a links of interest page on my website, and uh, there's some other links there that I have found with people that I personally know and approve of in an organization, a couple of them there that I personally approve of. Also, the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, all of their contact information can also be found on my links of interest page. Senek and I work very well together and have a great deal in common for our purpose here. And uh, all of the UCFW links can also be found there as well. All right, well, you know, like I said, you know, really, like I said, this is a good friend of mine, and I support his work, and he's been a a very key member of uh, UCOFW uh, since we started back in 08, which uh, we're coming up on our third year anniversary soon. But, um, yeah, we have a lot coming up. We will keep you posted. There's a lot of good things to come. Me, personally, I'm planning on um, doing some some live shows next year. I'm just trying to get, you know, the listener base up a little, you know, higher, and then we're going to actually do some live tapings next year. Uh, We might have some shows dealing with, you know, just different forms of art, spoken word. We're going to have a lot of uh, different things coming up next year, so just be sure to keep us um, in your thoughts and keep us, you know, keep following us and uh, supporting us because we really support you. We really appreciate the support because without you guys, we could, you know, none of this would even be, you know, would be even purpose behind it. So, um, with all that being said, we're going to jump right into our politics today. And I wanted to ask you, Michael, is there anything in particular that you've seen in the media uh, the past couple of weeks, the past week even? that you found interesting and that you would like to speak on? Well, I'm sure that everyone has heard about the McCants, Mr. McCants' school board member. Um, 
that uh, made his open comments about uh, that he believed gays were all basically he only way he would wear a purple shirt in support of is if they were all going to commit suicide and hope that they died if they didn't die of AIDS first. Uh, Mr. McCann says since resigned from his school board position, and you'll have to forgive my lack of preparedness here, but there is rumor that there is a evangelical church that is going to protest in that town in support of Mr. McCants and his comments. Uh, really would hate to see that kind of a butchery and barbarity of a spiritual concept there. But nonetheless, it's a hot topic. At least the upside to all this is the man has taken himself out of the public scene in his political position and has resigned, although not much of an apology there, which I believe uh, Dr. Phil I know and a couple of others, I believe, wasn't, didn't Oprah make some comments on that as well? Well, she probably did, but um, what we're going we're gonna to play those clips in a minute, but I know Ellie DeGeneres came out and uh, made um, comments against his statements and um, Dr. Phil, like you just mentioned. We're going to play those in a little bit, but uh, those were the two that I saw. I'm pretty sure several people came out um, um, against that, and even the school board made comments, um, came out and said that they do not condone any of his beliefs or his uh, or anything like that. So yeah. a lot of people have condemned his comments. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, um, along that same type of thing, I did find a news article of a uh, bishop in the Catholic Church that uh, has come under fire recently. And this, uh, I'm reading from the advocate.com's news feed here. There it says, the head of Belgium's Catholic Church is in hot water for saying gay men deserve AIDS for the travesty that is homosexuality and that pedophile priest should go unpunished. Um, this bishop is drawing an awful lot of controversy on that as well. And this is, people, this is in the church. You know, the Roman Catholic Church is one of the biggest Christian churches out there. And now as, you know, his story is unfolding, he says that he was grotesquely misquoted. However, that remains to be seen. He's also a good close friend of the Pope, uh, according to articles online. You know, people, this is in our church. Churches are not meant to be messengers of hate. I, you know, really, I would hope that people would sit and look at this and think about, you know, what are they doing to one another? You know, this is even more than a homosexual issue. This is more than that. This is a humanitarian concept. I'm sorry, but until if you have ever known anybody that suffers from the late-term effects of this, you would not wish that upon any human being if you had any kind of compassion or heart or soul to you. So just things that I have found in the media kind of somewhat politically charged or religiously charged that I think, you know, people should be aware of. Right. Well, getting back to the story we were uh, – I started off with uh, with uh, 
president of the school district in um, Arkansas, he, I'm going to read you exactly uh, his exact quote uh, that he placed on Facebook, and we're going to analyze this. And then also, also after we analyze that, we're going to have a couple of clips from Dr. Phil McGraw and Ellen DeGeneres. Um, as you guys know, she's a very famous and outspoken um, daytime talk show host on, uh, you know, network TV. So I'm going to read you this comment real quick. And there's also uh, a quote in response to something that he said on Facebook that a lot of people haven't read. I have the actual um, print screen, like the actual screenshot of what he put on Facebook. And I'm going to read you this. And and what he said was very, very appalling and very disturbing for someone that represents um that's in a in a you know, that represents the school corporation, the school system in Arkansas. It was very uh disturbing for me to to even see this. Uh, you know, I heard the heard about the comments, the little snippet that everyone keeps um keeps Quoting, but from what I saw, what else he put out, it was very, it was more disturbing than what they put in the media. So I'm gonna read that to you real quick. I'm gonna read you the quote first that everyone's been hearing about, which which states, "Quote: Seriously, they want me to wear purple because five queers committed suicide. The only way I'm wearing it. Notice he spelled. This is a school representative. His spelling is horrible. Wearing it is." for them is if they all commit suicide. I can't believe the people of this world have gotten this stupid. We are honoring the fact that they sinned and killed their selves. Notice he spelled their selves, T-H-E-R-S-E-L-V-E-S. This is supposed to be a school representative, okay? Because, uh, and that's not even a word. That's not even a word. So, okay, anyways, because of their sin, really people. Okay, so you already see that this, this guy is ignorant, right? So, I guess. Um, we're going to go to another comment that he made, too. Um, there were several people that responded to this initial post, and he responded back by saying, uh, no, because being a fag, doesn't give you the right to ruin the rest of our lives. If you get easily offended by being called a fag, then don't tell anyone you're a fag. Keep that shit to yourself. And I'm quoting word for word what he says. He continues by saying, I don't care how people decide to live their lives, really. They don't bother me if they keep keep it to their sales. There he goes again, using a word that doesn't exist. All right. It pisses me off, though, that we make a special purple fag day for them. I like that fags can't procreate. I also enjoy the fact that they often give each other AIDS and die. If you aren't against it, you might as well be for it. So, Michael, I'm going to need you to um, go off I know you're ready to go off, so I'm, I'm gonna need you to uh, unleash <laughs> on that, break that down, and I want you to. I want you to be. I know a lot of times people don't know Michael, but 
he can be pretty hardcore at times, and this is one of those times I want him to go hardcore. Okay. Well, first of all, obviously this man, I can't believe he got elected to a school board. I can't believe it. I mean, every anybody can smile pretty and look pretty for the cameras and play politics. Most anybody can do that. But you publicly go out there and put in the public view this kind of crap? Are you serious? You are promoting suicide, and you are promoting – if anybody's watched someone that has had AIDS and watched them, you know, in their final stages, what kind of human being is this? To me, that's right up there with Hitler. I mean – Good God. I, yeah. You know, and then I just, I, I don't know what I can say to that. You know, this person is supposed to be representing a school district, and you're promoting the suicide of kids and hoping for AIDS, liking the fact they don't procreate. Sir, I would like to make a point here that procreation, you know, gay people do have children sometimes. We really do. And, you know, not to mention the fact that if he doesn't like it, maybe he should stop procreating because he, uh, you know, as the running joke is, you know, heterosexuals had us. You know, I don't get his content. And I really, really would like to pray for his children. I know in the articles I've read that this man has children. Oh, my God. You know, not only this man representing the educational system, but think of what kind of attitude he's carrying over to his family and his kids. This continued type of absolute outright hate, and how good is he to ever think about pointing a finger when he talks about sin? <laughs> wow. Well, this is this is this is what my my theory is, and you know. I, and I am dead serious about this because we've seen um, in many other instances, like even recently, how people that have um, proven um, have been proven to be homosexual themselves uh-huh. that very, very um, that show this, this like this, this such this I don't know this this huge hatred towards. Uh, gay individuals, they, a lot of times, if, you know, um, it has came out or people have dug far enough back to see that these people are living uh, double lives. So you really have to be careful, and you you always need to, you know, be suspicious of people that come out with this type of hate, hatred, or this hate Mm -hmm. speech. Because times out of ten, they're the ones that are living this double life. They, 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 uh, it's, 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 you know, suppressed inside of them, and they have some deep-seated hatred towards people that are open enough to live their lives without caring what other people have to say. And to me, I don't, I just, to me, it's just, it's really messed up because, like, he had the nerve to sit here and say, it's like, well, in the future, um, I might, you know, if the school board allows me to come back on, you know, I might, you know, I might consider coming back or whatever. Yeah. So it's just, to me, it's, it's sick. And my thing is, people want to talk about gay people, 
but you don't want to talk about child molesters. You don't want to talk about people that are thieves, robbers, uh, murderers. You know, nobody, people never come out against people like that. But you mm-hmm. you want to place this this wish of death upon people that nine times out of ten, you have people in your life that that are gay or that mess around with the same uh, gender, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Let somebody dig into the, this guy's past. Let's see what they come up with. You're talking about um, homosexual or lesbian. Would you feel the same way? Mm-hmm. So that that that's just to me. I really think that we need to keep an eye on him because I guarantee you he got some skeletons in his closet. And I'm just putting my personal opinion in it. Looking at him, I can see that he got some um, gay tendencies in him. Yeah. So I'm really I'm really hoping to see um, if anyone's going to keep an eye on him because I guarantee you, if we do enough digging, I'm pretty sure we can find some skeletons in his closet. Oh yeah. It's, it's, Proven time and time again, most of these people that are so outspoken against homosexuals and homosexuality and people do that's with anything. The people that are most outspoken on, I mean, not just outspoken, but that are just extreme when it comes to their viewpoints on a certain issue, those are the people that are, A, um, they're secretly committing these acts, or, B, they have. And or see they wish they could. So we really need to be careful when uh, we listen to people like this because it's a red flag. It's really a red flag anytime I hear this. Yes, it is. So, and truly passionate people that are passionate about things for the right reasons don't come off with hatred. Yeah. That's wow. just my experience. <laughs> well, what we're going to do real quick, we have a couple clips we're going to play real quick. Um, the first one I want to play is we're going to play um, Dr. Phil McGraw's um, commentary on uh, McCance's, um comments, and uh, we're going to come back, talk about that, and then we're going to listen to what Ellen DeGeneres had to say. And then after that, we're going to go to a song or two, and then we're going to come back with the rest of our show. But we're going to go to this uh, clip real quick, and then we're going to come right back to you. Anderson Cooper, AC360, CNN Weeknights, 10 Eastern. Dr. Phil, do you think Clint McCants was genuine in in his words and and his words of contrition? Uh, Anderson, I don't think he was even close to being sincere about this. This is the biggest non-apology, uh, non-apology apology I've heard. He did not apologize for what he said. He didn't apologize for the message that, th- that this gives to children, uh, to kids, to parents out there. What he apologized for was saying that suicide was the only out and that he, he's sorry that he said that. I mean, yeah, he, clearly, said, he said the words he, he used were strong words. Um, he wasn't really talking about the, the, the meaning behind the words. He was just saying the words were, were perhaps too strong. What he could have stepped up and said that he was sorry uh, that he sent this message. He was sorry that he used these, these slurs, these defamatory uh, labels, that these kids did not deserve that. These five kids or any other kids. I mean, this went beyond just opinion. So it has to go 
to a very strong apology if you're going to try to balance the process here. You know, when he says, I, I, I enjoy the fact that they die from AIDS, I'll only wear purple if, if they all commit suicide. I mean, come on. You, you don't say that and then come back on and say, well, I use strong words and I, I apologize for that. He clearly has beliefs uh, that, you know, he clearly doesn't like gay people for whatever reason or, or, or homosexuality. I, I think he alluded to religious beliefs. Um, and obviously people are free to believe whatever they want to believe and, and, and speak however they want to speak. Um, I, you know, it, it was interesting, though. It, it doesn't seem like any of his core beliefs have changed at all. It's just, I mean, he certainly seems sorry that this thing has blown up to the degree that it has had, and, and he seems to kind of want to get it over with. Well, Anderson, I've not met this man, I'm glad to say, and I, I don't care to meet him, frankly. But the, the truth is, when you so I can't diagnose him, but one of the things that we see in my profession is when you're dealing with an antisocial personality, sociopaths or psychopaths, the only remorse that those type people ever feel is when they get caught. They're sorry that they got caught. They're sorry that they brought heat onto themselves. Now, is he that personality or not? I don't know, but I certainly see his apology as suggesting that he's sorry that all of this came to light. He's sorry that somebody called him on it. Wow. Well, we're back to that. Um, so after listening to that clip, what do you feel about that? I completely agree with Dr. Phil. Completely agree. I mean, you know, said it better than I could. I, I really felt, felt like Dr. Phil, and I, and I agree with you. I, I agree totally, pretty much totally with what he said. I kind of felt that he was giving him a little more, I mean, more, well, giving, was giving him more credit, excuse me, than what he deserved. You know, well, I mean, I, I think the know, reason that he took that approach, and this is just my educated guess, but Dr. Phil played it in such a way that in his wording, he can't be back sued for slander or defamation of character. And this is, and, and let me, and let me put this disclaimer out here. This is my personal opinion. Anytime that you would put anything like this on record, and see, people gotta be careful what they put in written, written record. Yeah. Anything that would be this bold to put something out of this, you know, this magnitude, there has to be something wrong with. They have something wrong with them. Yeah. I mean, I, it's one thing to be against something. But it's another thing to take it to this level. You're supposed to be professional, and this is how this is how you display professionalism. Yeah, and also, if anybody has seen the screenshot of this man's picture from Facebook, I can't say for sure what he's holding in his hand in his face shot, but it certainly looks reminiscent to me like a beer bottle. Now, if you're on a school board and you are representing the public and you have a Facebook profile, why would you want to have a picture taken and out there in public view that has something that looks like a beer bottle in it? Right. And holding it. And he actually has that look of someone that's had a few drinks, you know, the flushed face and the maybe possibly glassy eyes there and 
You know, he looks a little and possibly inebriated there. You know, gee, a drunk and a bigot. What a wonderful message to put out there. But he's a klutz. That's 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 the thing about it. No one, no reputable person, you know, with, you know, I mean, no reputable person would put themselves out there, especially if you're in a public or, or any type of office of that nature, you know, you you would not put yourself out there. And see, that's the thing that, you know, I, I talked about and, you know, we were joking about that um, in our pre-taped show, episode six, that I was talking with DeAndre about. She was saying how, you know, we were just talking about certain things you shouldn't put on Facebook. Yeah. And this is like something that you shouldn't put on Facebook, especially if you hold an office of that sort. And then on top of that, you know, you deal with the children and you put yourself out there like that. I mean, it's just certain aspects of your personal life that you don't need to be putting online, especially if you hold an office of this sort. I mean, because people are going to – I mean, this guy has to be an idiot, like literally. He has to be an idiot because you knew that someone was going to take this comment. I don't care, if, you know, even if your Facebook is private. You know, I don't know if his, his Facebook was private or public. I haven't looked into that. But either way, you're going to have people that are even on your um, Facebook or your friends list you don't know if they're going to repost this or tell anybody that you put this online. And a lot of times when you put stuff out here like this, it's permanent. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff can destroy you, uh, can, can destroy your career when you put things like this out there. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is one of the, the um, lessons to this story is you need to be careful of what you put online. Now, let me tell you this. Although I think these comments are atrocious and I think that they are – just outright, just lies, you know, just outright, just not the truth. We, he, he has the right to uh, feel the way he feels, you know, yeah. as, as okay. is, but still at the same time, we got to realize everything is not meant to be put in print. Like every, everything is like, like people say, you know, some things you just keep to yourself. And mm-hmm. one thing, if you say, just keep it to yourself. Nobody really wants to hear that. Exactly. You know, each person wants to hear that at least. You have the freedom to be a bitter, bigoted person in your own little world, but the rest of us don't have to suffer because of it. I, I really think that I think he has some skeletons in his closet, and I'm not saying what those skeletons are, but for you to have that type of hatred and is for you to just voluntarily put that up on your site. It's not like someone asked you your opinion. You put that up yourself. Something is going on in this man's life, and I don't know. I'm not saying that this guy is uh, a practicing closeted homosexual, but I'm telling you all signs are pointing to that. So yeah. you really uh, look. be careful when you hear people uh you know, spew off this type of rhetoric, you really need to to read between the lines and do your research on these people. Yeah. No. And before we get off the, or when we get about to the end of this topic, remind me, I would like to mention the link to the Trevor Project as well. Okay. Yeah, and the, the It Gets Better Project, is that what you're talking about? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to get to that. Now, we got one more clip we're going to do, and we're going to get off this piece of uh We're going to get off this. this. Okay, I'm going I'm to keep it, keep, it, keep it decent. But we're going to get off of this loser right here. Uh, we're going to play this clip from Ella DeGeneres with her thoughts, and then when we come back, we're going to mention the Trevor Project, and then we're going to go to a quick break. Earlier today, before Clint McCants agreed to talk with us, before he announced tonight he's resigning, I spoke with Ellen DeGeneres, who's made, obviously, the fight against bullying a big part of her life on and off the air. Now, as I said, when we taped this interview, neither of us knew that Mr. McCants would announce just now he's resigning. Ellen, you and I have talked a lot about bullying, but one doesn't expect the bullying to actually come from the vice president of a school board. When you heard what this guy had said, what did you think? I, I heard watching you last night. It's the first I heard of it, and uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I, I, you know, you, there are going to be people that don't understand uh, different lifestyles, whether it be homosexual or anything else. There are going to be people who don't understand it, and, and there are going to be people who are hateful. But the fact that he has not uh, stepped down or has been forced to step down is uh, amazing to me, and, and I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of really smart, uh, courageous people not just in that area where he is, but, but everywhere that'll, that'll say this is unacceptable. If we allow this to happen from someone like him, then, then we, what, what message does that send to a kid? What message does that send to a child in school uh, that, that says, well, you know, he's saying it. Why can't we say it? Why, and we want them to die, too. I mean, it, it sends a horrible message. When I hear statements like this, I sometimes wonder if the reaction would be stronger if he had been attacking another group. I mean, if he had said, I like it when black kids died, and he used the N-word, uh, you know, would the calls for him to, to resign be louder right now? Because there are a lot of school board officials throughout the state of Arkansas who are good, hardworking people who have, who have come out very quickly and said, look, what he said is, is abhorrent. Uh, it doesn't reflect our values. It doesn't reflect what we're all about and all the hard work we're, we're doing to stop bullying. And yet they've kind of stopped. They've actually stopped short of actually calling on him to resign. Um, does that surprise you? Well, yes. Like I said, if, if, if that, that would be uh, the, the message is loud and clear, like it, it is not so bad. It, it should be an immediate uh, firing, or I don't know if you can fire someone who is elected public official, and he's he's. Uh, right, they say you uh, can't. That, that that you can fire him if he doesn't show up for work, if he's absent from work, but you can't fire him for something like this. He can only resign. Yeah, I you know I think that, and what you just said too, it it would not be acceptable if someone used the N word. And I think when when uh, the civil rights movement happened, um, it took uh, not just a the 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 community of, of black blacks to, to make a change, but white people needed to step in and say, this is unacceptable. We cannot uh, tolerate this and, and treat any citizen and, uh, with lesser value. And I think uh, as a gay person, I would like to personally ask every, every heterosexual person out there that is appalled by this to, we need your help now. This is, uh, you know, this is, this is, absurd and I hope that there are uh, enough people in that area that will will stand up and say uh, resign and uh, I hope that the parents of, of all the children in that school sit their kids down and tell them that that is not acceptable because there is bound to be uh, someone in that town I know it's a small town but someone is gay I guarantee you and and uh, 
they need to know that there's help. And whether they're gay or perceived gay, uh, that's the same kind of uh, anger is going to be aimed towards them, whether they're gay or not. So these kids need to be uh, protected, and they need to know that uh, there are places to go, and uh, he should not be in a position where he has any say over any children at all with that, with that attitude. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, Anderson. Well, and that is the breaking news tonight that Ms. McCann says he's going to resign from the Arkansas School Board. All right, we're back. Um, so what do you feel about that, Michael? Well, God love Ellen DeGeneres. She, you know, that beautiful take on it, and I think absolutely truly the views that we need to hold. And I, I liked her link of reference to the civil rights movement. You know, it takes everybody to make mm -hmm. a change, not just a group of people, but everybody. You know, and, and you know, until we, until we as, you know, a united people, we stand up and say, hey, we can't, we can't allow this. Even in the government, it's just things we shouldn't, we just should not allow. You know, and until we can um, stand up and we can um, and put our foot down and say we're not going to take this anymore, the the basic, you know, uh, the typical status quo is going to keep, you know, taking place. You know, it's, it's never going to stop. It's going to be, in, you know, never-ending cycle. And it, it is just going to continue until we demand that this this cannot, this is not acceptable. And, you know, the one thing I can say out of all this is the world is at least better than it was 10 years ago on this topic. And it's continually changing, and people are continually seeing more and understanding things a lot more. And thank God for that. Thank God for that, that people are really starting to notice, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. You know, it, it's taken a while to get here. And it'll take a while yet longer to get things to a more more harmonious state. But at least people are starting to take notice. You know, if there's a silver lining to the cloud of Mr. McCann's situation, maybe some people that haven't really given this topic a lot of thought will see this and go, you know what, that's just not right. Okay, well, we're going to um, ask you because, you know, um, you know, you wanted to uh, mention the Trevor Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, and, and the work that they're currently doing? Because I know right now, um, CLFW on our um, YouTube page, we do have a official "It Gets Better" uh, statement, which I'm gonna probably put up a more official one here in the next week mm -hmm. or two. But uh, I want you to just give us a little background about this particular uh, project and what it aims to accomplish. Okay. Well, the Trevor Project, people may more commonly know it as the It Gets Better movement. Um, a lot of uh, celebrities and political officials out there are starting to put uh, little clips and videos or statements together regarding the anti-bullying movement and the anti-gay-hatred uh, well, that's been directed toward a lot of our transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual youth. And its main purpose is to assist youth 
school age, and even to my understanding, it's even out there for adults, about it gets better. And the despair or the pain or the agony that you're dealing with right now and the fear, don't take don't take the way out of hurting yourself and don't take the way out of killing yourself. They're per, they have a hotline uh, on their website, and the website is www.thetrevorproject.org. And I'm looking at their website here right now uh, under the little menu bar that says Youth. Um, it gives uh, lifelines and chats. On there, on right on the home page, there is a the Trevor Lifeline. If uh, you know a you know a youth that would happen to be distraught with these circumstances, bullying, just dealing with who they are and how they're incorporating this and trying to find their way, this resource is on there. It'll connect you to people, counselors, people that can help you find help, so that hopefully we don't have any more of these suicides. We don't have any, you know, something to help the youth out. And I'll read that number off here. It is 866-4U-TREVOR. Translates over to 866-488-7386. Wonderful project. A lot of celebrities and political officials are putting things out there like Barbara Bush. Uh, believe it or not, Barbara Bush. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Our most recent past president's wife. That's not Barbara. God, I couldn't. Laura. Laura Bush. Sorry about that. <laughs> Laura Bush has got a video out there, believe it or not. Uh, President Barack Obama has one. Um, an interesting one that I found interesting and in for crawling around news sites was the famous late televangelist Oral Roberts, his grandson, has one out there. Wow. Yeah, this is catching on to be a really good movement, but it's out here for a really good cause. And if uh, you happen to be a... Uh, youth that would be in need of these services, please contact it. It's out there to assist you in any way that you possibly can. Okay, Michael. Uh, I hate to cut you off real quick. Um, we have a caller. Well, they just hung up. Well, well, now you. Yeah, I think yeah, we don't have them. They uh, left. But uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that, or do you have anything else to add on to that? Well, um, the Trevor Project also is not just for gay youth. There's also links on here for educators and parents, uh, people that would like to volunteer. If you'd like to donate, there's ways to give on there. They have other suicidal uh, resources, suicide resources on there, uh, signs and facts, just good information that, yes, this is out here for the youth. You can call in and try and get help if you need it. But there's also a little bit of info out here for everybody that may know someone or just good information to have regardless of the situation. Wow. All right. Well, um, that was really – I hope people really take advantage of those resources. And uh, we're going to um, go to a quick break. We're going to break this up a little bit. And when we come back, we're going to uh, try to fit in because we have a little, yeah, we got a little over an hour left. We're going to go to a couple songs. I'm going to come back and we'll discuss the Brandon Johnson case. Also, I want to get to, if we have time, um, Bush, uh, Bush's memoirs about how he, how he said the worst point of his presidency was when 
Kanye West came out and made comments against him saying that he was a racist, but that's kind of crazy right there. We're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to try to get in about um, the election. we got to talk about that. So this next hour um, is going to be jam-packed. We're going to try to move along pretty quickly, get a couple more songs in for you. We're going to go to um, a couple songs right now. Um, I want you to check out this new song that is coming out by the Black Eyed Peas on October the yeah, 30th, October the 30th. And uh, Will I Am just released the song on Facebook, and um, I don't think that it's really officially officially out. But I know he will, he you know has the song up on his website, and, it's, and you know the Black Eyed Peas has been known since they put out their last project, The End. They've been really taking the uh, like the dance and club scene uh, by storm, and they've been infusing it with hip hop. So really, you know, they've been. Um, been really doing doing big things and then with this new project that's coming out it's gonna be called this last project was called the end, this one's gonna be called the beginning, which I really have a feeling that this is gonna be more of an old school album mixed with a lot of new school beats and a lot of stuff like that. And a lot of people kind of like their their style of music is real kind of like eccentric. So, you know, a lot of people here in the Midwest, you know, we're kind of behind on things, so his songs tend to be real busy, and they have, like, most people are into songs that have one beat throughout, but his songs go to from one extreme to another, and they they uh, fluctuate between, like, the rhythms and the beat in the song, so it, it could be something that a lot of people have to try to get used to, but we're going to play that song, and then following that, we're going to have a song by Sierra, and then we're going to come right on back with... Um, the remaining minutes of our show.
never felt this way before And I swear this is true And I own it all to you Oh, I
They said uh-huh. he is going to keep his job, and he will be receiving back pay from the, from the time that he's been off. And I guess it has set off, um, like, a huge out, outcry, like, just outrage in the community. And um, we're going to read to you an article that is from, if it will pull up, okay, from the Washington Street Politics. Um, from WashingtonStreetPolitics.com, and the and the article is entitled "Merit Board Reinstates Officer from Brandon Johnson Excessive Force Case," written November fifth by uh, Washington Street Poli- Politics. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to see who the author of this is. Uh, it doesn't mention. But we're going to read this article really quick, and then um, we're going to discuss this case and the uh, implications of this case and what might happen in the in the future and how people might uh, respond to this. So we're going to start off with this um, article, and we're going to discuss this. Okay. This morning, just before 4 a.m., police merit board exonerated Officer Jerry Highland from charges of excessive force. The incident occurred when Brandon Johnson's younger brother was being arrested and Johnson began questioning the police and tried to incite a riot. Highland was off-duty and lived in the neighborhood. He arrived at the scene and stepped in to assist in controlling the situation. Apparently, he felt that that included hitting a 15-year-old Brandon Johnson three times in the face after he was handcuffed, Holland's attorney argued that Johnson struggled after being cuffed and that most of the injuries were inflicted by another officer prior to Holland's involvement. IMPD's Chief Paul Seleski, Michael, is that, is that, do you know how to, do you know that guy? No, I sure don't. I'm not familiar with that one. I don't want to butcher his name. It's C-I-E-S-I-E-L-S-K-Y. So I'm, I think it's Seleski. Had yeah, recommended, think- yeah. Has rec- uh, have recommended that Officer Jerry Pilon be fired, saying that that the that's that uh, saying it was the worst beating he'd seen in 24 years as an officer. Mayor Greg Ballard responded. I am, quote, I am dismayed and disappointed by the merit board decision to uphold the chief's recommendation. We will continue to raise the standards and reform IMPD so that incidents like this do not happen in the future, unquote. The board had made a terrible decision in not upholding Zaleski's recommendation. Clearly, pilots should be gone. It is... It is one thing to struggle with a 15-year-old, and it's it's another thing not to be able to control your anger and hit him when he's already cuffed. Even worse, it sends the message that this behavior is acceptable. Uh, This is an acceptable use of force while the administration is trying to hold officers accountable and raise the bar. Meanwhile, apparently several ministers from the black community were in in attendance and already and are already planning on some type of response. What is interesting is that their involvement in creating a publicity fiasco 
could well be a part of how the merit board came to this decision. They escalated this into a race issue of the black community against the police, and the merit board was certainly under pressure to defend the police. Also, where were the ministers before the incident when Brandon Johnson's brother was being arrested in connection to local burglary? It seems that that perhaps these guys could focus more on keeping the kids from getting arrested in the first place than in exacting political revenge. The bottom line is IMPD was correct in firing pilot, and the merit board was wrong. Yeah, so... I don't know. Well, how do you feel about this uh, commentary slash article? Jeez. You know, I know the merit board. I'm familiar with how merit boards operate. And in the situation in and of itself, I think it kind of sounds like they're probably getting some Swiss cheese information. You know, they're probably getting only part of the bigger picture, knowing how a merit board operates, which is far too complicated to explain here, but uh, not enough time to explain it. But I, yeah, there are ways of dealing with a handcuffed subject. And I really, really, really think that you could have done a different way than what was done. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, I know you can deal with a different way than what was done. Most officers with half of a brain will tell you that. Well, I, I just I don't know, but I really think that um, I'm, I kind of agree with the uh, last statement that was made, but I kind of disagree with it because I, I feel that, uh, and, and you know, I might get some flack for you know flack for saying this, but I do believe it was a race issue. I really believe that because you're not going to sit here and tell me that if the situation was reversed and it was a white kid that was 15 years old that was beaten like that and you had some black officers that did it, you're not going to sit here and tell me that they they would have had his head in the street. They had, they had, they would have had they would have had his job in his head. You know, yeah. so my thing is like, you know, people can sit here and act like, you know, that this isn't a race issue, but really, you know how conservative this city is, and you know what? If this was in a bigger city like Chicago or New York, they would have been in the streets rioting. But yeah. you know, but black community here is weak, and they don't stand up for anything. You know, and 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 I and I and I'm and I'm gonna be one. I'm gonna say this now. I do agree with the church statement about these um, preachers, because my thing is you need to be doing more preventative things instead of be, be more, how do they say that? Proactive. Be more proactive than reactive. My thing is you need to start um, dealing with the, the causes of this things like this before you want to deal with the results of them. So I agree with that statement, but for us to sit here and say that race didn't have anything to do with that, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, and there's no way that if it was a white child that was beaten to that uh, magnitude, 
they would have been, not only have they lost their jobs, they would have been in the jail and under the jail, and they would have threw away the key. So let's not be naive and stupid. You know, as much as we don't want to use the race card, you know, some people do like to use it, but as much as many of us don't want to use it, let's call it as it is when it, you know, when it calls for it. So... I just, I don't know, like I said, you're not going to sit here and tell me that it takes that much force for a 15-year-old child, and the boy's not even that big of a threat from what I've seen. You know, so I just, I don't understand what this. You had all these witnesses. You had dozens of witnesses that could have, you know, could um, validate this this um, Johnson's, you know, case. And they still voted against it. They still voted against him. So I think it's a really big failure. I think it's a failure of this administration here that we currently have in Indianapolis, and some stuff has got has to change. Things have got to change. And you know what? And I'm so sick and tired, and we're going to get to this subject in a minute. I'm so tired of people saying that they don't care about the local elections, they don't want to vote, you know, it's nothing big. But you know what? It's situations like these that happen, and, you know, it's because of the people that you elect into office. Nobody's standing up. Nobody's doing anything, and they don't take this, this situation seriously. So you really have to take um, an active role in, you know, your local government. Go to the town hall meeting. You know, get involved. Go out and vote because this is this is what's going on currently. Especially with this current administration in Indianapolis, you know we have a mayor that's never around when he needs to be around, you know. And I'm and I'm trying to keep this, you know, I'm trying to keep this somewhat tame because you know we're on air right now. But we have an um, administration that's not doing anything for the people. They're only interested in I don't know what they're interested in, but they're not they're not here for the people. You know, there's so much going on here in Indianapolis. A lot of people don't know right now. We have our, uh, which, you know, uh, our former uh, prosecutor, Carl Brizzy, he's going to be under investigation because he's linked into some shady stuff that took place while he was in office. There's so much going on here, you know, and not to mention that the police officer that uh, was responsible for drinking and driving and um, caused an accident. They killed somebody. With, you know, young man getting killed. He's going to be let off the hook too. But mm-hmm. see, if the average Joe on the street would have done that, or if the average Joe on the street would have at least been driving uh, under the influence, they would have been put under the jail and have to pay thousands of dollars to get out of it. If not, you know, ever getting out of it, and with the possibility of your life. But you never getting your license back, you know. So we it's, we have to really, really look at situations like this and, and be real about it. And I think it takes, you know, not only does it take the parents' responsibility, it doesn't, you know, it take, but it also takes the church's responsibility to step in and mentor these young people and the politicians that we vote into office. If you don't vote, you have no business complaining. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, true. Very true. I don't know. So what do you have to say about the situation? 
Uh, well, the best thing I can say is it's politics. And what operates politics? Money. And sooner or later, you see you see where it starts to fall apart at the seams and where people get themselves into trouble. Politics is a crooked world. It really is. But it's a necessary evil. Without the politics and without the government, you know, what do you have? But it's just gotten so treacherous and trifling that it's, I don't know. I guess that's just the way, the nature of the beast, I guess. But, oh, well. And with that being said, how do you feel about the uh, the uh, recent election that we had and the turnout for that? And what do you? How do you feel that? Uh, you and I talked that- about this the other day, and one of the things I wanted to share with the people was, you know, it seems like, yeah, people are disgruntled on a national basis with how things have been going. You know, the economy didn't revamp quick as they'd like people it's been two years the economy didn't go to hell overnight and it sure can't be put back into place overnight but so many people went republican and tea party republican and you know that ought to prove to be an interesting thing because regardless of what political institution you look at a house divided will fall and if the Republican Party is divided within itself between standard Republican and Tea Party, that's not going to work real well. So, you know, I really think that people need to sit back and think, and yeah, it'll take a little time to see how things go out and roll out. But, you know, people, I really think that you should, you know, give this economy and the way we're going a little bit more of a chance. I mean, I guess it's probably too little too late to say this now since it's post-election, but, you know, I don't think this is really going to be a good thing for the country. Yeah. Well, the way I'm looking at it is it's, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad, but the way I look at it, I'm trying to be optimistic about it because Really, it's going to play out in their favor if things go the way I think it is. Because the thing about it is, Republicans are going to get in here. They're going to vote against everything that Obama, you know, and you know the Democratic Party wants to put into motion. They're going to vote against that. They're going to be, you know, you know, in opposition of it. And I really think that people are going to see this, and it's going to put them in a good position when 2012 comes. Yeah, but see, just gonna keep it real. I think Obama needs to quit trying to play nice with these people. He needs to stop trying to be quote unquote bipartisan with them because they've already made it clear on the record that they are going to go against anything that they try to put out there. They're not going to go with their agenda. They have made that clear. So at this point, what Obama needs to do is stop playing. Play hardball with him. My thing is, when Bush was in office, and even when it was like a Democratic majority, he got everything passed that he wanted to get passed. And he needs to use that. He needs to use his power. He needs. He, he doesn't realize he hasn't tapped into his his power yet, and he is at a position where hey, and, I, and I'm gonna use this term that I've heard on the, on the Young Turks. He needs to use the bully pulpit. To 
tell them, hey, you gonna you gonna vote with this, or we gonna call you out, we gonna do this and the other. He needs to he needs to fight harder. I feel. Yeah. You know, his intentions are right. For President Obama, when he come in, he said he would be tackling things in a different way. And I know, and obviously he does. You know, he's some. You know, and it has been construed. It is. You know, compared to what typical politics is, a softer approach, trying to play nice with these people. But on the same token, this is going to require to him, I think, to be a little bit more forceful and be stronger. And that's going to be kind of out of character for him, and that's probably going to be something a little difficult for him. Yeah. I mean, these people are some vicious. They they are some vicious-ass serpents. And excuse my language, but they are vicious. These people are, I mean, and they, they, hold, no, they hold no punches, you know, and that's the thing mm-hmm. about it is. They're not going to let up. So are you going to play? You see how this it, it, it look. This is catastrophic. You know the results of the election are catastrophic. So he needs to come to the realization: Hey, is this approach that I've been taking has it has it been beneficial or has it been to the detriment of uh, this administration and what we're trying to do? You know, yeah. I, 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 me personally, I would not, I would not, you know, I, I would just go for, I mean, just, I, I would unleash, I would unleash on them, like, because to me, it's just, he's being to not too nice to them, you know, yeah. and that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. So, I, you know, I really, I think the people spoke, now, here in Marion County, um, the, Demo- the Democratic Party did very well. Uh, I think pretty much just about all the major offices are held by um, Democrats now. But really? as in Indiana, the Republicans, the Republicans cleaned up. Yeah. You know your boy Pitch is supposed to be trying to run for president in 2012, so we're going to see if he, you know, people look at the, the economy in Indiana and they think that he's a good fit for a presidential office, then um, they got another thing coming. Yeah. I hope, like, I I just could not picture Daniels as president. That's a nightmare I don't want to think about. Imagine everything that's been happening in Indiana on a large scale. Like, uh, I mean, given in Indiana, I mean, it's obviously not like New York. We're not a huge metropolitan state, but I don't think that you know, he's going to be cut out. Matter of fact, I know he's not cut out for big scale politics on a nationwide level. I think personally, even though he has a very high approval rating, I think he leaves a hell of a lot to be desired as a governor myself. But again, that's just my opinion. <laughs> and the thing about it is, they will eat him up alive. You know, yeah. people here in that nice, but if he tries to pull this stuff he played on these on states like Illinois and like you said New York, and and you know tries to pull this stuff, they will eat him up alive. He's not ready for that. I'm yeah. I, I believe it. He's not ready for that. You know, you thought that Bush came under a lot of criticism. Oh man. Yeah. I, I think it's wise for him to do it. Although I will give Mr. Daniels this this much credit, I think he's more intelligent than President Bush was, 
However, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. And speaking <laughs> of Bush, let's move right along on this real quick. We got thirty, about a little over thirty minutes left. Uh, almost half past the hour. But uh, we have another story. We have a clip, I believe, from the Young Turks. Well, no, it's actually from the, uh, the Radican show, I think, where Thank Thank Uger from the Young Turks. He's a commentator on there, a weekly commentator, and he um, spoke on uh, Bush's, like, he put out a memoirs about his, you know, about his eight years be, as being president. And I guess in these memoirs, Bush said it's the worst time during his presidency. Just guess. It's not It's not 9-11. It wasn't Katrina. It wasn't, you know, the war. It was when Kanye West, Called him a racist. Really? Oh huh. yeah. And um, if you don't believe me, we're gonna go right to this clip, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about it. All right. Uh, forget those two wars—the complete collapse of our financial system, uh, or even 9/11. In George W. Bush's soon-to-be-released memoir, he describes the following as the worst moment of his presidency. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Uh, the Young Turk, Cenk Uger, back with some of the headlines you might not have seen about the Bush 43 memoir. Sir. That's always a wonderfully awkward moment. Yes. But, but apparently it really got to Bush. He said in his book, and I quote here, I face a lot of criticism as president. I didn't like hearing people claim that I lied about Iraq's weapons of mass destruction or cut taxes to benefit the rich. But the suggestion that I was a racist because of the response to Katrina represented an all-time low. So let me get this right. We went to Iraq based on false premises. Whether he lied about it or not, there were no weapons of mass destruction. That war was just wrong. And what happened in that war? 4,427 United States troops killed. But that wasn't an all-time low. We lost, there were 66,000 civilians killed at least, Iraqi civilians. But that wasn't an all-time low. There was 1,836 people killed in Hurricane Katrina, but that wasn't an all-time low. And uh, by the way, there was 8 million jobs lost because of the recession he created, the Great Recession. But that wasn't an all-time low. And by the way, also, there was a little thing called 9-11 on Bush's watch. And that wasn't an all-time low. But Kanye dissed you, and that was your all-time low? Oh, no, Kanye doesn't like you. Did your feelings get hurt, George? You know what George Bush said when the CIA gave him a memo while he was on vacation as usual in Crawford, saying, we're going to get attacked by al-Qaeda in Washington and New York. He said, quote, all right, you've covered your ass now. And he went back on vacation. And then we lost all those people on 9-11. But that wasn't the all-time low. Kanye dissed them. That was a low. Now... The, that isn't even the most startling part of the book. He, in the book, he also admits to a war crime. He said when they asked him, hey, uh, should we waterboard Khalid Sheikh Mohammed? He admits it. In the book, he says, I told them, damn right. Go ahead and torture him, basically. 
Now, the quote right there is damn right, and it refers to waterboarding, okay? Now, is waterboarding really a war crime? Well, it's against the, United, against the Geneva Conventions, which is international law, which we sign, and when we sign it, it becomes supreme law of the land here in the United States of America. But that's not just theoretical. We've prosecuted people for waterboarding before. I'm going to get to that in a second. But let's see what the generals think. General, one of our top generals is going to talk to Carl Levin here while Bush was still president, mind you. Here's his testimony. General, um, do you believe that waterboarding is consistent with common Article 3 of the Geneva Conventions? No, sir, I don't. Do you believe it's humane? No, sir, I think it would go beyond that, uh, that bound. Well, he's not alone in thinking that, because here are the prosecutions we've done for waterboarding in this country. After the Spanish-American War, uh, U.S. soldiers were court-martialed. After World War II, Japanese soldiers were convicted for waterboarding, a violation of our laws. And in 1983, a Texas sheriff was sentenced to 10 years in prison for waterboarding. Now, it seems to me we've got a confession here of a war crime and a clear violation of international and United States law. President George W. Bush should go to jail for at least 10 years. Will that happen? <laughs> Not with an administration that only wants to look forward and never backward to crimes that were actually committed. Are you surprised? Actually, I don't have enough time to talk about it. I'm going to let that rant stands for itself. I will, not, I will interrogate you no further. Thank you for joining us today uh, and offering your fine and insightful and informed commentary both at the beginning and the end of our show. Every DR show should begin and end with a Young Turk. Uh, check them out, youngturks.com. All right, we're back. Um, so have you had a chance to actually read the, those memoirs? Have you even heard of that, heard of um, his book that he put out? No, I had uh, seen some clips about you know, his memoirs that were coming out and had seen a few headlines of the different articles that was going to be in those, but have not uh, read that much on it, but that's, uh, wow, it's kind of interesting. So my biggest question is, if this violated the Geneva Accord and this violated, obviously, international law, why is no one bringing him up on charges? We're not yeah, the only well, country in the world. Yeah. I, I I don't understand it. I just, I don't understand it. Like, this man could have prevented 9-11, which I, I like I tell everybody, 9-11 started this downward, downward spiral that we're in right now. As far as the economy and everything is concerned, 9-11 was pretty much the kickoff to all of that. Yeah. And this, and to know that this could have possibly been prevented, even uh, Katrina, you know, Katrina, you couldn't can't prevent that. That's a natural disaster. But to know that you could have gotten people evacuated, and we could have lost fewer lives, if any at all. What and this guy has not been held accountable for any of this. It, it's, it's sickening. It says a lot about I don't know. It says a lot about people. If they if this if this loser uh, as a president and as a leader, you know, is more concerned about his vacationing and having a good time and his perks as a president 
if if he could get away with this, what I mean what what does that say about this country? Yeah. And you know, the one thing that I'm gonna say about the waterboarding incident is let's be realistic. Back in the forties, fifties and sixties, when we had a CIA and I know we have a CIA today, but when we had a CIA that and this will be kind of it, this is going to sound bad, I guess, but I don't mean it to be that way. A CIA that had some balls. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff done now, given we have found that they uh, uh, re- violated the rights of a lot of good people over the years. They did, and I'm not saying that that's right. I'm still saying that that's wrong. But when it comes to homeland security, as it would have applied back then, by God, they got some stuff done now. Look during Kennedy's administration. You know, CIA was doing a lot of work there behind the scenes. And there was a lot of stuff that they really did do in defense of the country. And sometimes they done it by in cruel means. Sometimes they tortured people to get their answers. Now, I'm not saying it's right to torture anybody. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is, Every country does it. Every country has done it. It doesn't make it right. But when we have an example of a president that full forcefully condoned it and publicly admits, yeah, I told him to do it and went for it, why is that not being brought up on charges? Right. And that, that's, you know, I think that's the main point that he was trying to make you know, about that. And, you know, it, it's, it's just really ironic that, you know, this, that someone that, that pretty much has ruined the, this, or at least is one of the chief causes of, like, the world economy being, not just here, just, like, worldwide for the economy being that it is, the way it is now, he's not even being held responsible for it. Everybody's looking at Obama now. Yeah. It's like they, but did they think that he was going to come into office and magically fix, fix things in like six months? Oh, okay, he's here six months, it'll all be better. No, it didn't go to hell overnight. Yeah, you're right. And nobody yeah. considers that, you know, there was eight years of time for it to go to hell. You know, I, do, I even think, it, being a little bit on the conservative side of it, I think it would probably for everything to get at least moving in a two-thumbs-up direction, it would probably take uh, President Obama more than one term to get it going in that direction. Right. And that's even, you know, if, you know, you can't truly judge a president's merit until they're out of office, but that's even if he got the highest approval rating in the history of the United States. You know, it would take more than one term to really see a true – Effect out of after eight years of it going downhill. Yeah, and and then also in these, but they just goes to show you what kind of person that we allow to even get a second term. You know, is this this guy is such? Uh, he, he's 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 so ignorant. He he's an idiot. And my thing is, is like, um, also they didn't bring this up in this particular clip, but I heard like in the memoirs how he uh. He considered at one point getting uh, rid of Cheney. Oh yeah. Because he didn't, 
he he was afraid that people would look at Cheney and think that Cheney's running him, and and that he he's working through Bush, and that uh, Bush had no say. He was just a mouthpiece for Cheney. And the thing about it is, is like he ended up keeping him anyway because he knew, I mean, that it was true. Well, like Bush was an idiot, like you know, and uh, he Cheney pretty much run everything. That was his backbone. Yeah. You know? So it's just one of those things, man. I don't know how this man became president. I I just don't know. Well, allow me me to interject my solution to that. It's called a lot of money, a lot of politics, and the money going to the Republican Party. Yeah. Thumbs it up. Because where there's money is where the power goes. Yeah, you're right. And I think, if my memory serves me correctly, at that point in time, they probably had a lot more money in their circulation than the Democratic Party did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that's all I really have to say on that. Uh, we're going to go to a, a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to uh, finish off the remaining minutes of the show with... Um, Proposition 19, you heard about that? Mm, refresh my memory. About the marijuana. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yes, I remember reading yeah. something on that. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about it, you know, it's going to be pretty vague because I haven't really researched about it, but it's just um, something I just wanted to at least bring up. Uh, we have about a little less than eight well, 20 minutes left, so we're going to go to a quick song really quick, um, come back, and then we're just going to wrap up the show with that and anything else we have to talk about.
something in there that we can get beneficial out of it medically, hey, I am all for that. Um, as far as the use of it and public use of it and making it, yeah, I, I think there's a lot worse things out there you could do. But, you know, personally, I I still know of accidents from my line of work where people have died because of being under the influence of it. You know, I personally am a little jaded on the concept of a full-blown legalization myself. But, you know, on the medical side of it, if there's something we can get out of it medically, by all means, why isn't that nationwide legal? If it can help somebody out medically, by God, use the thing nationwide. But, again, I don't think the Department of Justice would want to go for that. I don't know. I just I just feel that uh, it's crazy. Well, we have a uh, someone that's in the chat room. Let's see what they have to say. Um, Oscar, the engineer, do you have something to uh, add to the conversation? And welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, gents. Um, well, I was—I I was just calling in to well, I was speaking to Skype to have a bit of a listen, but I suppose we could have a word. Um, how many guys are there speaking on this show? By the way, uh, I'm a little bit confused. Are you jointly hosting several of you, or is one person hosting and there's some guests with you? Um, it's just pretty much um, two of us hosting, and. Um we're from um, Indian. We're based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, um, and we're, we were just hitting on a, a couple of uh, topics dealing with um, the current, you know, uh, political scene here, in, you know, in the United States, and um, just some different social issues that we were um, talking about, you know. Okay. So there's just two of you talking there, is there? I thought there were more than two voices. No, just um, me and him. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, well, you're talking about this. I mean, thank goodness, I suppose, that there seems to be some sense in California after all. I thought they'd all gone bonkers over there. I mean, they all seem to have gone very, very uh, politically suicidal. But um, it looks like with this, this, from what I understand of it, I'm, I'm from the UK, of course, as you can probably tell by my accent, but I really wouldn't have liked to have seen the idea of them making a move to legalize marijuana. I mean, I understand that. Some say that it's a very mild intoxicant and compared to something like alcohol. It's helps put perspective a little bit on, obviously, neither. I, do, I know I'm not, and I have a bit of a legal background here. But uh, give us a little bit of perspective. What is the U.K.'s standpoint primarily on the use of marijuana? Well, it's, it's an illegal drug. It's an illegal substance. Um, and I think that it should be, um, but in practice there is, uh, I think we've got it right, to be honest. It's illegal, but the police will use their uh, discretion in okay. dealing with the particular situation that they find Does themselves the confronting. Uh, is it legal in the UK for medical, like medical use under physicians' care? As far as I know, it isn't. No, I don't think it's uh, um, a legalized or licensed 
content of any pharmaceutical product, not to my knowledge anyway. I'm aware that there are people who have said that uh, it does help them in some ways with medical problems. And I suppose if you could determine that it was something that has medicinal value, that by all means there may be scope for including it as an ingredient within some sort of a pharmaceutical product, a medicine that's dispensed by doctors, so that if you've got a doctor that uh, determines that it would be helpful to a patient, that it could be prescribed you know, through the doctor and through the pharmacy. That would be all right. I mean, heroin, for example, I understand that you know, narcotics like that are, are actually prescribable by doctors. They do have it available to them to, to use it as a medicine, but it's not available for recreational purposes. So I suppose, you know, if, if they could f figure out that that was a, a good way to go, then fair enough. But as a recreational drug, um, I'm, I'm dead against it, really. I just think, it's, it, to me, anyone who would want to deliberately intoxicate their own body chemistry in any way, there's something mentally wrong, isn't there, with any person that would actually want to do that? I mean, just, can you not enjoy life and... Uh, well, look, unfortunately, look that would be a philosophical standpoint that's been debated since the dawn of time. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it seems like just common sense to me that to, to introduce something into your body which is, is, a, is a toxin, it's something which changes your perceptions, it changes uh, the way you feel, the way you see the world around you, and you know your body chemistry, whether you believe it was given to you by God or Mother Nature in the process of evolution, we've arrived at a point where we we are very complex beings that uh, if you start putting things into your body that affect all the way your body works, then that really is, is uh, harmful to the body and, and it's questionable the mind of any person that would deliberately want to do that you know if there's something that happens by accident you come and swallow a poison or ingest a poison uh, by accident and fair enough it's understandable but to do it deliberately i think you'd have to be completely off your head and of course we you know we live in a world where we we are surrounded by idiots we are surrounded by crazy people who do do stupid things all the time and it's a bit of a pity in a way but for a government of a nation or of a state like California to say, well, we've got economic problems, so what we're going to do is we're going to become drug dealers now and try and raise a bit of revenue by supplying, servicing junkies. That, to me, doesn't really seem like um, a very noble and laudable way for a state to position itself. I mean, it just seems, seems like an obscene thing to do, and, and thank goodness I believe um, it hasn't happened. Okay. Seneca, what's your thoughts? Well, unfortunately, I mean, we live in a, a country where we do, are free to do a lot of things that a lot of people don't agree on, upon, but I feel that uh, I, I think that they're, the, the jails are over, overcrowded as it is, and I think to put people in jail for for like for several years for crimes that they commit against themselves, not other people, but for, I, there's been people that have been put into jail for having for at least 10 years. You know, like, I, I think that's a little excessive, you know, and I, and I think that the jail should be real hard, hardened criminals should be put in there. And then on top of that, you look at the entire uh, 
drug cartel and the whole like thing dealing with that with the Mexicans and stuff like that. There have been people that have been beheaded. There's been people. There's a lot of killings and murders around surrounding that. And I think by making it legal, we wouldn't have, they wouldn't have that power because it would be legal. You know, it's not a it wouldn't be it'll be something that'll be available to the public and they wouldn't have to worry about you know um, you know about you know, these drug lords and these, you know, gangs and stuff like that crossing over so you, to... So you think that the answer to the fact that there are gangsters in the world is that the state should become a gangster and hopefully be a bigger gangster than the gangster gangsters? That doesn't make any oh. sense. If, if it's a stupid oh, activity, oh. then what you say, you, that you, your official position is that a stupid activity should be recognized as a stupid activity and it should be illegal and maintained as being illegal, and you deal with it. I can understand what you're saying. Well, what I, I, well I'll tell you this. I'd rather see that than seeing more people getting killed and um, gang activity happening here, you know. I mean, you, you probably don't understand the situation because you don't live over here, but there's been there, these, these drug lords and these people are... It's everywhere. <laughs> it's thick. Yeah, well, they, they do other stuff besides marijuana, though. Those those real heavy, heavy gangster types that do beheadings and stuff like that. I mean, if you took marijuana away from them, that's not going to stop them from uh, all the dealings that they have in all the other illegal substances. So you don't really achieve a great deal, and you just start to send out the wrong signals as to what your the, the people at the top of your society. These are meant to be the people that we look up to as being the the pinnacle of who we aspire to become. These are the government. These are the bigwigs. These are the, the real the people that should be setting an example. And we should, as just the underlings, we should all be striving to, to attain the magnificence that they display. So if they start saying, well, you know, drugs hmm, got a bit of a problem with it, so let's just surrender to the problem, legalize it. We can make a bit of money for ourselves out of it. They're just joining the criminal gangs themselves. My theory and, on that and my thing on that is this is marijuana that we're talking about you know we're not really talking about you know the hardcore drug lords yeah they make a lot of money off a of pot or marijuana they make a lot of money off of it they certainly do and if it's legal that does take that portion of their revenue away from them however i believe you know i disagree a little bit with your standpoint on that because it's not bowing to it because there's still methamphetamine, which is the number one drug in the, across the United States. There's cocaine, there's heroin, there's all these others. Even if they legalize pot, these gang institutions are still going to make their money off their other drugs. So well, that's I what I said. Yeah, they're going to keep going anywhere. Bowing to it, so to speak. Yeah, you're not going to eradicate the problem. And as for the as for the business about people being in jail, I mean, people people who are going to do something so silly as uh, introduce toxic substances to their bodies. These are people who have got some kind of a something a bit wrong in their head. For them to do that, there's something obviously wrong with them in the first place. And people like that, isn't it better to nip them in the bud and say, well, before they graduate to something better, you know, let's let's have it sorted out. Let's have them let's have them behind bars because. Usually, if they're going to do something so stupid as to smoke pot, eventually they're going to need money and start stealing and doing other things because you know these, these are people who have just got no grip on their lives. They've got no control over their lives. And sooner or later, that's going to slip into something worse. And it's prevention is better than cure. If you recognize someone who's 
going to cause you a problem before they've caused you a major problem when they're really just causing a bit of a problem to themselves and you can nip that in the bud and deal with it and if that means taking them out of circulation then by all means take them out of circulation I think that's a positive okay, thing but are you, uh, so what do you have to say about like people cigarette usage and, and alcohol like I mean is, is it that's the same thing too but those are legal so are you saying that that should become illegal as well well, in an ideal world, I suppose, yes, to be honest with you. I mean, to, to take alcohol and tobacco completely off the market, make it illegal and bang people up for doing it, I think it probably would, in, in, a, in an idealistic world, it would be a positive move. But, of course, in a practical world where you've got to be practical and say, well, look, we've got these things here now. They are a part of our established society. To, to strip that away is such a major wrench that's well, it is. We we in the United States tried it in the 1920s. It was called prohibition. It didn't yeah. work. <laughs> well, I, I'm aware of that, and that, that's exactly why I say what I say. But, I mean, you, it, it's still nice to take an idealistic point of view, isn't it, and say, look, let's, let's strive for the maximum possible virtue, if you like, and say, well, you know, let, let's aim as high as we possibly can. And even if we fall a bit short of our target, at least... The higher we aim, then theoretically, the, the, the better we m might end up actually reaching. But and anyway, it looks as though you looks as though you're That's a very that's a lovely as, as premise. But yeah. and that's, and I agree. You know, that's a nice premise, and I would like to think that that premise would be behind most of the intentions on different subjects in the world, not just this one. But then again, is where you have the so many different points of views. It seems like never, people will never come to a common denominator on it. Hmm. Well, to me, I mean, a common denominator isn't, isn't that hard to, uh, well, at least a, a common understanding of, of what's good and what's bad and what's harmful and what's wholesome. I don't think that's too difficult to determine, to make a, a distinction, a determination between good and bad. And so, well, look, let's stick with the good and let's shun the bad, I think. I mean, but under that, under, if, I mean, under, that ideology, under that frame of thinking, then you should be put into jail for any... Thing that you do that's harmful to your body, to yourself. People that are overeaters, or people that that um, eat junk food, or people, you know, there's, there's certain things that you would consider wrong that are harmful to your body too. So, like, are we going to start putting everybody in jail for every single thing? You know what I'm saying? These are things that that you know, believe it or not, people that overeat, they're they're a burden to society because you know. Health implications. Health rates go up and this, that, and the other. So are we going to start, you know, uh, putting everybody in jail for anything negative that they do to themselves and that harms other people? You see well, what I'm saying? So I don't, where do we draw that line? Well, jail isn't the only punishment, of course. I don't know about putting fat people in jail. It might be better to put them on an exercise bike, maybe get get some of that fat burnt off. But yeah, you can you can start to prescribe other things that... That, that the society can do to uh, to help people, and it's got to be about protection of of the victims. But I think the key factor in that is making people somehow finding a way to instill within people that desire to do better for themselves, which is extremely extremely difficult, hmm. regardless of what the topic is. Yeah, well, I understand that the motivation ultimately does have to come from within, come from the person himself or herself because you can't easily force people to do anything can you but uh, at least if, if you put them out of harm's way I mean if you put people in jail who are potentially a threat 
and if you can identify that they're potentially a threat by the fact that they're junkies, I think that's a it's it's fairly um, it's a fairly reliable indicator of the fact that you've got a future troublemaker if they are someone who is a drug addict, if there's someone who really feels that they have to, they feel compelled to and introduce... Sir, I hate to cut you short here, but Seneca, how much time do we have left? We've got none. Um, we're actually off the air. Yeah, oh. it's, just, uh, it's just going to be on the archive, and, and, and that's about it, I think, yeah, as things stand. Oh, okay, well, very uh, yep. interesting Maybe we should call her. a halt to it, and uh, maybe I'll give you a call on another program, and we can continue okay. this. Okay. Some other chat, but it's nice talking yeah, to might, you. Jen. We might do a show on this, and then I want you. If we do a show like this, I would love for you to come on and be be like on the like on the opposing side of it, and then have someone have some other people on, you know, that are for it, and then kind of have like a debate type of thing. Yeah, I think that would be a good show to do. Well, I think it does make it interesting for the listener, the the, the listener that's looking on. If the people who are participating are having a bit of a debate and a bit of a ding-dong about it, I think perhaps it does make for a, a more interesting show. So um, I'll be keeping an eye on Blog Talk Radio anyway, and if I spot you uh, up and doing a show again, I'll try and call in and join in. Okay. All right. Okay, Michael, gents. I'm call you. Yeah. Michael, I'm going to call you in a minute. Okay. All right. Nice talking to you, sir. Take care. All right. Wish you well. Thanks. Bye. 